Hello friends, my name is Patrick Little and welcome to A Little History, the show that takes a look at human history a little differently. I'm an ancient history major and an all-round nerd for all things history. I love telling stories, talking shit and cracking beers. So won't you join me as I present some of the well-known and not so well-known stories of our history. Sometimes I have a guest coming in cold and sometimes it's just you and me. This first season, The Mythology Apology, we'll be looking at some of the stories that we have been telling each other for thousands of years. A look at the mythology and folklore from many of our cultures. Stories that seek to explain everything from the world around us, the warnings against messing with the higher powers, or sometimes just for the sheer entertainment. So settle in, drink them if you got them, get ready to laugh, and hopefully learn something new about the glorious mess that is our history. With a little shit talking and silly sound effects as well. Pre-party. That's crazy. Our design and all that sorted. Look at you doing adult stuff. I know, grown ups. Good grief! That's awesome. Well done. All paid for with podcast cush. Really? No. Oh, it's <laughs> like, huh? What? I need to do a podcast. Yeah, I'm sharing my office with a baby (laughs) (laughs) and I can pay for land and a house to build it on. Mm -hmm. Pre-party. Fantastic creature. I'm a bit of everything, actually. Who immediately made her their queen. As a cow? No, as a human. Unfortunately, he trips on a tangled root and kind of knocks himself out. <laughs> so he's a horse mechanic and he's a son of a god. He's a horse mechanic. I didn't need a freaking story about making pies, man. I know how to make a bloody pie. I'm Koshy the Deathless. <laughs> give me the fucking ball and I'm going to go down there and I'm going to give Gilgamesh a piece of my mind. <laughs> Sorry. Plexipus. Homeless Gandalf without a beard. I'm not going to help you at this point, but what you should do is you should leave your silver snuff box with us for us to remember you by. <laughs> silver snuff box. And she uh, she starts cursing Gilgamesh, being like, fuck you, Gilgamesh, you piece of shit. So here heads back to Mycenae with Cassandra the concubine. <laughs> is that what she's known as? You had one job to do, mate. One <laughs> fucking job. Don't look in the closet. I'm glad I got your attention. Hello, everybody, and welcome to A Little History Podcast. We have my uh, my lovely return guest and lovely, lovely uh, uh, same age slash older sister, uh, Andrea, back with us today. <laughs> hey, everybody. I'm back. Don't check those documents, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. But yes, all the way from Germany, um, or in Germany, I should say, uh, we have Andrea I am. casting to us, or, or me casting to her. We're meeting in the middle, whatever needs to be done. How you going, Angie? We're doing it. Yeah, I'm going great. Going great guns over here. Enjoying the snow. Gosh, beautiful. I've been seeing the uh, the Insta and the, the TikTok stuff you've been doing, and that's, uh, mate, that's snow. That's actual snow. It's actual real snow. I will never get over it. That that sound underneath your feet as you're walking, it, it turns me back into like a, I don't know, a six-year-old. It's just novelty. Like the kids are running ahead trying to go somewhere and I'm there. Oh, listen, everybody, it's crunching. Hmm. Yeah, I just get too excited. Australians and snow, we just, we can't handle it. Oh, snow, none of that shit. Nice. I think the closest thing we get to snow um, on the Sunshine Coast of uh 
of Southeast Queensland is when you open up the freezer and uh, see the the icicles on the side and be like, oh, it's a winter wonderland in here. Uh, anyway, grab them nuggets. Or or if you go into some of the shops that have like the aircon pumped up to a ridiculous level. Oh, true. Like they don't want you to be in there. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go get something for the shop. No, you don't, mate. It's freezing in there. Thank, I thank need you to get some it. milk and now I've got hypothermia. Great. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm jumping back out into 35 yeah. degree weather. You're just like, what the, what's going on? Seriously. Your body's in panic mode immediately afterwards. What the <laughs> fuck's going on? <laughs> oh, well, well, I just wanted to take this opportunity also to uh, to welcome welcome you back, Angie. Uh, it was great having you on the uh, the Bubba Yaga story and all that. But I just had to give a little, uh, little news flash. I just got an email... Uh, late last night, I was up last night, um, but I just wanted to give a shout out. I got the uh, an email from the Stats Guys um, that Little History Podcast is rating in the top 10 of uh, of podcasts uh, listened in Luxembourg. And I was like, fuck yeah. Get out. I was like, Luxembourg, what's going on? <laughs> in the top 10 of the 12 podcasts streamed in Luxembourg. Like, hey, you wait, there's more podcasts than that there. I don't know what. Wunderbar. <laughs> Wunderbar. Very, very good. And I was like, shit, yeah. I was like, where is Luxembourg exactly? I knew it's. I know it's in. In. Uh, I was gonna say it's in London. No, I know it's in Europe, but I didn't know. <laughs> um, I knew it was quite a small, almost like it used to be like a principality back in the day. So it's like quite uh, small area wise and all that. Um, but yeah, nestled between yeah Belgium and in Germany as well, I believe. I was like, fuck yeah, go Luxembourg. Sorry, so w- when did you get those stats? After my episode aired. It seemed to it seemed to spike yes. uh, right after the Baba Yaga oh. <laughs> episode. No. Um, yeah. It just yeah, just got it in. You know, in so the proof what, is in the pudding. Yeah, it would have been the first of February that I got this email. So pretty yeah, pretty chuffed about that. So no, top ten for for comedy podcasts at Luxembourg. Turns out like uh, there's not much comedy going into Luxembourg these days, but. Uh, <laughs> Hey, I'm happy, happy to take a... <laughs> Is that what we're doing? Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll take my serious hat off for yeah. a moment. So, number, yeah, top 10 in comedy. Good and, uh, Yeah, top 10 in comedy, top 50 in uh, in podcasts in general. So, I'm like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. Like, that's Hold the... on, podcast where? In the world? General in Luxembourg. Down. Oh, fuck them. Yeah, come All right. on. Settle down. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I'm trying to breathe. Good grief. Let's not call the marching band just yet. Fuck, top 50 in the world. <laughs> Shit. Slide down. That's where the vision board comes in, you know? <laughs> Just to get everyone up to date with this, I'm, I'm reading this Miracle Morning book. Now, some of you may have heard about it. It's phenomenal. It's meant to make your life better. You do everything after you wake up. And one of the bits of vision boards. So Patrick and I were just having a little chat about vision boards and how you can just say, hey, I imagined it will come. There it is. I didn't imagine this. I didn't imagine Luxembourg, though. So quick. Yep. <laughs> Shout out to Luxembourg, though you guys are awesome. Woo! Keep it going. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's 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 uh, let's jump into a story. Let's give the people what they came for. Uh, so I'm very really glad uh, I've got you on this episode to join me, Angie. Um, spoiler alert: it's not the one you have asked me off mic to do several times. Uh, so I'm when still, dang- that come still dangling that carrot. You know, mm-hmm. got to keep mm-hmm. getting you to come I see back. What you're doing. Yeah. yeah. So I have to stay up late every time for the hope that I may get the story that I want. Yeah, I've got the old Pavlovian method going on. Just keep you salivating. You're like, oh, maybe it's this one. I go, it's not that one. Oh, shit. Well, <laughs> maybe next time it will be. Maybe again another time. I'll do you a solid and, uh, and, and give you that one later on. For this episode, we are traveling into uncharted territory for this, uh, this show. 
Uh, we are headed to the land of Egypt. Oh, the land of gods, pharaohs, pyramids, and sphinxes. Uh, oh, I feel warmer already. I know it's so good, nice and dry. None of that humidity that you get up in Queensland. Fuck that. It's no, nice no. and dry, and it's all great. Uh, and uh, I'm going to tell you of the story of the contest between Horus and Seth. Now, let's do it. I will mention this. Uh, I will mention this as we go, uh, because. Uh, Egypt, it's a pretty old place for people in like ancient Greece and Rome. Even them were like, fuck, this is really old. They were all like, it was already like a 2000 year old plus civilization by the time. Getting on a bit. Yeah. By the time the Julius Caesar and, uh, you know, Plato and Alexander the Great, they're like, shit, these guys are, they've been at it for a while. So there's there's a few a few different <laughs> stories and traditions that uh, that go around this. So I will uh, do my best to try to um, you know try to encapsulate everything in it. But it's a big story and there's a lot of variations because stories serve different purposes at different times. But yeah, I'll do. Uh, I'll, hopefully, it comes across uh, well enough, and I'm able to limp on through this episode. But uh, hey, any for any listeners, um, please, yeah, le- feel free to leave us a comment and uh, get us on the Gmail, Little History Podcast at Gmail, and let us know what's up. Let us know if that's uh, the story that you remember, or if it's uh, got a couple of new bits, or there's stuff that you're like, hey, I remember this from this one, and uh, let us know. But uh, yeah, and let us know if you're from Luxembourg, please. Oh, shout out, like. <laughs> I think they're in the streets right now. <laughs> riots, top like ten, awesome riots. <laughs> it's 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 positive great. happy riots. That's great. I feel like uh, I feel like uh, uh, the the little history podcast logo or or my my face in my mug is like on the sides of buildings or something like that. They're unrolling. Seriously, it's, yeah. yeah, it's, it's like, a revolution. Anyway, uh, for now, let's start the story. But before we get to this uh, contest, this uh, this mighty contest between Horus and Seth, uh, we need need some backstory. Okay, set us up. Yeah, we're going to go back to the time just after creation, and we begin with uh, Geb, who is the god of the earth, and his counterpart Nut, who is the goddess of the sky. Now, uh, fun fun thing about Egyptian gods and goddesses, um, they're they're often depicted as being uh, anthropomorphic, so sort of with human um, attributes, like a lot of them with human bodies uh, and sometimes with like the bodies, uh, sorry, the heads of certain animals and stuff like that to sort of uh, visualize the concepts that they represent. So in this, so, so for instance, Nut, who, as I said, is the goddess of the sky, she's depicted as being a nude woman who is covered in stars, like the stars of the sky, uh, and, mm-hmm. and covers the earth kind of like in, in like a down dog position for, in, for all you yogis out there. And she sort of uh, down dogs over uh, Geb, who is the earth. He's, he's, you know, earth colored and he kind of hangs out. So you think of Nut, she's got names as being like mistress of all, she who holds a thousand souls, souls being star, stars, and uh, she who protects. So she's basically like the sky. And uh, Right. Yeah. And so, so Geb is the counter to Nut. He's the land and... Uh, and the earth, which houses humankind. Now, are these guys friends, or is this like forbidden? Oh, they're more than they're more than they're more than friends. You know what I oh. mean? They definitely swiped right. Like enter saucy music. Is... Enter Geb. You know what I'm saying? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. So uh... giggity giggity. <laughs> yeah. So often, uh, Geb and Nut are not uh, depicted wearing clothes. 
because they're constantly getting down and dirty with each other. Like they're they're on right. Earth and it's sky. It's just a time saver. Yeah, fun times, fun times, and and laundry saver. Like shit. I mean, it's warm anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, of course. I mean, shit would dry, but like, what's what's the hassle? Like, why would you put put yourself through the hassle of constantly yeah. constantly putting like love stained laundry on? Just don't wear clothes, guys. It's fun. Love stains. <laughs> love stains. Oh, yes. I had to keep that one a little bit clean because there's other shit going on later in the story. Happy tissues or sad tissues? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, definitely happy tissues at the moment. Um, <laughs> okay. But the uh, the having of children by these two divine beings would delight everyone. Oh, yay. We love kids. Except for the god Ra, who is the sun god and happens to be Nut's grandfather. Ra. So. Right. There's a lot of different accounts of Ra's relationship to Nut. Um, you know, some of them having him being his like, sorry, having him be her like brother or adopted father or father. Like it, it all depends on when, when the story was, but we're going to go with grandfather for this one. So she's, okay. she's family relations. Lock not, in grandfather. Yeah. Family relations. And Ra's not super keen about, uh, about these two, these two kids having, having kids. Uh, because he's in another story, he's had a premonition that the son of his offspring will overthrow him. Right. Oh, so it's not like he's got, like, the moon lined up around the other side, like yeah. he's really got high hopes that she marries the moon. He really just doesn't want her to have any offspring. Yeah, so yeah. That'll be his downfall. Got it. It's not like she's marrying beneath herself or anything like that. It's all him looking out for number one because at this time, Ra, the sun god, it's pretty, like, the earth is not much going on down there. Like, people are still foraging and shit like that. I think, like, prehistoric mm-hmm. days, but oh, yeah. not really. They're, they're only making pyramids. Yeah, yeah no so worries. So he's, he's the top dog. Everyone's like, fuck the sun. Worship that. So he's like, I am, I'm ruling shit down here. And he's had a dream in this other story that's, that the son of his offspring is going to overthrow him and rule as king. So he's like, yeah, none of that. Uh, I don't want any of that at all. So I'd rather stay in power because power is fun. Um, right. And so Ra states that Nut, uh, the the goddess of the sky, will not give birth any day of the year. Uh, now, at this point in time, one year was classed as being three sixty five. Sorry, three hundred and sixty days a year. Yep. So, so it's three hundred and sixty days a year, and Ra's like, nah, you can't have kids any days of the year. So three hundred and sixty days, you can't have kids. You're like, well, I guess I can't have kids then because it's three hundred and sixty days. Thanks, Ra. You're awesome. Ra. Um, Got it. But Nutz, she's uh, she's pretty keen on on procreating this one. Uh, she's clucky, and uh, she goes, "All right, Dick." Uh, she really wants to have these kids, but she's going to do it uh, a little bit sneaky uh, without Ra oh, noticing. She, she's clever. Yeah, well, uh, she goes and speaks to uh, to the god Thoth, um, who's the god of wisdom, and uh, being a, a bit cluey about things, uh, they they mm-hmm. come up with a plan together. And uh, and and Thoth's like, "All right, Nut, I'll help you out. You're pretty awesome. You are the, you are the sky and shit." So. Um, let's, let, let, let me do something. So, so Thoth, uh, goes out to, and, and sees the god Khonsu, who is the god of the moon. So you got the god of the wisdom going to see the god of the moon or who is the mm-hmm. moon essentially. And it's like, mate, uh, Khonsu, you're pretty shit at, uh, games of chance, mate. It's in like gambling and shit. Uh, want to prove me wrong? And like, of course, Konsu is going to be triggered by that. Like, you go and see a game, right, but yeah. you go and see an addict and be like, oh, you're pretty bad at doing that thing you're addicted to, mate. Um, you, should, you should probably try and uh, oh, yeah. do that thing. Yeah. yeah. It gets goaded pretty easy. 
And so uh, Konsu is, is pretty much under, he's, he's pretty firmly under the power of Gamblor. And uh, he takes up Thoth's uh, challenge like in an instant. And so the two, it depends on the stories. It, it's uh, the, the, the translation I saw was like they talk, they play games of chance. Others have them playing checkers and shit like that. But I think more gambling is, is the funner way. Because uh, Soth being like, um, you know, he's, he's, he's pretty wise. It makes it super, super fun. Mm-hmm. Thoth, he warns Konsu that if Konsu lost, is in for each game he loses, Thoth would take a part of Konsu's moonlight. So you take a bit of that, that bit of that that extra shine that the moon has, because at this time, back in the early days of the Earth, the moon shone at the same brightness as the sun. So think like you're in like oh. you're, there's areas of like Alaska where like it doesn't like the sun doesn't go down for like most of the year, and you're like, oh, this is bullshit. Uh, so it was kind of like that, uh, where it's always always bright, but you got sun bright and you got moon bright. Right. Have I lost you? No, no, no. I'm just trying to cope, keep up with all the names. I know. I'm doing. I'm doing really good grammar as well. You got sun bright and moon bright. Da, da, da. No, I'm trying to like visually. Yeah. There's vision again. <laughs> like draw these on a whiteboard, and I could just imagine like sitting in a class going, and this guy is going to talk to him, but they're playing chess, and she's doing earth, and no one's wearing clothes, and what? Oh man, yep. I think by the end of this episode, if you've got that board up, it's going to look like you're solving a serial. <laughs> Like Seriously. It may look like it's a conspiracy theory, but I promise it will make sense. Okay, yeah. So they're pl- they're gambling. Now, can I just ask, what does the wise man w- want with Moonlight? How's it going to benefit him to take his Moonlight? Jeez, you're not very good at listening to stories, are you? Like, I'm getting to that. you got to build it. you got to build this shit. Well, I can't <laughs> listen if you haven't told it. Well, you keep interrupting me. So I'm not me. bad at listening. Yeah. It just hasn't come yet. Well... <laughs> Uh, that's all right, because uh, after several <laughs> days of games, because they, you know, Konsu, he's pretty, pretty, he's pretty under gambler. After several days, Konsu, he loses so much of his moonlight to Thoth, because Thoth is super wise, that his orb, as in the moon, was noticeably dimmer than the sun. Um. So with that, it is said that uh, that Thoth used the moonlight, which he, uh, he sharked off Konsu, to create an additional five days. So what I mean by the moon brightness, with the brightness, the moon becoming Ooh. dimmer, it wasn't able to uh, basically do its circuit across the sky as like for the full um, full 360 days of the year. Basically, through all this, Thoth manages to use Konsu's moonlight, which he snaked off him in these gambling games, and he creates an extra five years, or for, sorry, five days uh, to add to the calendar making the calendar, which we use now, 365 days. Explanation of the world! I like this story. Yeah. So he's made five <laughs> new days, and uh, and, and he, he goes off and, and, and gives it to, uh, to Newton. He's like, you know what? you got five days to play with kids. Uh, have at it. Come on, do it, do it. And they do. And uh, Thoth, Thoth hangs around and kind of spies on it, and it's a bit creepy. No, he doesn't do any of that. He's, uh, he leaves him to it. Uh, although they are they are the earth and the sky, so it's a bit hard to kind of ignore that. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't really go oh, out and grab the morning the morning paper and then be like, oh no, I didn't say anything, guys. I'll just go for a walk around the oh, block, I guess. Oh, yep. <laughs> oh, the earth slamming the sky again, great. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> anyway, um, and so uh, not- is it an earthquake? <laughs> Uh, uh, the sky's falling. Oh, wait a second. Yeah. It's a good oh, it's, fall. Oh, no, it's going up. No, it's falling. Oh, dear. I just can't decide. All right. It's it's happy fall. <laughs> uh, and so, anyway, 
<laughs> Nut and Geb, uh, they 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 make good use of that five days. In a in a loving oh yeah yeah consensive way. Lovely. Yes. Yes. They have four children. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> yeah, I did. Yeah, they weren't kidding. Uh, what a lovely got, number. Mm, they've got Osiris, who is the uh, known to be ruler of the gods. You've got Isis, uh, unfortunately named now for modern day people because of that shitty movement. Uh, but uh, Isis, nonetheless, uh, she's awesome. She is the 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 wife um, of Osiris and goddess of nature and magic. So she happens to be Osiris's. You know, sister wife. Sister wife. But also, she's got shit of her own. She's nature and magic. Okay, she's got some stuff going on. Yeah, she's got her own her own agency, which is awesome. Uh, you've got Seth, uh, the god of warfare and destruction, and just general uh, confusion. Like he's the guy that likes to sow like uh, chaos wherever he goes, and everyone's like, "Oh, what the fuck, Seth's doing?" Oh, he's is yeah, that's his typical middle child. That's what, he, that's what yeah. he does. Yeah, he's that weird kid. Uh, and then you've got he's he's not left uh, uh, without a sister wife either. Sister you've got Nef- uh, Nephthys, who is the goddess of water and funeral rites. So, you know, if you cark it, okay, yeah, Nephthys will take care of you. She'll 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 sort out the bill. Yep. Good and so uh, yeah, so as I said about how gods and goddesses are depicted uh, earlier, the these these four uh, they're all a- a- anthropomorphic, as in they have human bodies and and often human faces and that. Um, I was ready to answer that question that time. Oh, there you go. It was the first time I had no idea. Nah. Well, there we go. Not well, lie. Andrew would have been quiet. Yeah, she's just thoughtful. <laughs> just con- just uh, contemplating. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so most depictions have like Osiris uh, being, you know, basically dressed up like a pharaoh, like you'd think typically of an Egyptian pharaoh, uh, although he's a wrapped ruler. up in bandages and he's got green skin. Osiris. And you think that, that sort of shines a light on something later on, but I'll, I'll, I'll explain that a little bit later on. I was just waiting for the humorous pause. No, that was serious. Right. Green yeah. skin, bandages. Green Good. skin, bandages. Uh, happens to be, mm-hmm. uh, as well as being uh, associated with being... They did the mash. Being... <laughs> they did the mash. <laughs> the Osiris mash. <laughs> Um, yeah, and so like I think that's that that's got a lot to do with his associations with fertility. Uh, he was very much worshipped as being like, hey, he's uh, also the god as being the ruler of the gods. Uh, you know, in Egypt, Egypt's a pretty heavily dependent place on the Nile, and and good harvest means that people live or die. So like, he's the god of fertility, so nice fertile soil and all that. Everyone's mm-hmm. like sweet. So he's got green skin as well to boot. So that's all sweet. Uh, right. and both the girls, Isis and Nephthys, or Nephthys, sorry, um, have little orbs and stuff like that above their head. They're, they're beautiful women dressed in the royal fashion. And Seth's a bit of an amalgamation. He's got like a bit of a, like a dog-like head, like almost somewhere between like a dog and a jackal. He's a bit of like a, a, a fantastic creature. Okay. Yeah, because he, he embodies a few different things. Fantastic creature. I'm a bit of everything, actually. But anyway, don't worry about this. The kids are out. Uh, they're born, and uh, and that's fine. Uh, not fine though for Ra, the sun god, because when he finds he out, he, yeah, he finds out these kids. Um, you know what what Nut and uh, and Thoth, uh, what they what their little plan was and how it did. He was pissed. Like he was so angry. He's like, "Why did you go back on my proclamation? This kid's gonna be you, you fuckers! All right, fuckers. That's it. I'm separating you two kids forever." As in uh, Geb and Nut. So he's separating the earth and the sky. Um, with you know what better way to uh to to stop uh stop these crazy elemental beings from banging each other, then by popping their father in between them. Oh, don't mind me, kids. 
or in some cases their mother. Either way, it's Shu, the god of the air. Oh my goodness! So you see what's going on here? Like it's. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm very happy you kept this for me. This is very interesting. Yes, yes. Yeah, so Shu, the god of the air or goddess of the air, depending on the stories, um, stands between the sky and the earth for eternity. So it's a bit of like a here's what's going on with the earth and explaining the world around you to Egyptians and, and people of, of the ancient world, being like, this is why what's going on is what's going on. It's because the earth and the sky couldn't stop banging, had kids from extra days made by a wise god who stole light from a moon, uh, and the sun wasn't super chill about that and um, and put air on there to separate them from banging. And everyone's like, gotcha. Explanation of the world. I was starting. I was starting to get a little bit teary until you were like, "Couldn't stop banging." I'm like, "Oh, well, there you go." There was, <laughs> you know, I'm having like the violins are going. I'm like, "That's oh, so sad. They're just apart." And they're banging. Okay, now I'm back. Right. Yep. They loved each other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they they still love each other, but they're gonna love each other from far. They love banging. Okay. Yeah. It's the air between them now that uh, that really steams. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> There's uh that's that that's kind of it for the general setup. So you got the four kids. You got I um Osiris, Isis, Seth, and Nephthys. Uh, they're on the scene. Uh, Ra's pissed, but you know he can't really do a whole lot now. He's the sun. He just gets his burning over it. Is uh is is not super happy, but that's all right. Uh, so we can start off this story in earnest. This is we're starting now. We're starting now. Fasten your seatbelts, peeps. I'm sorry. I've already oh. I've given it out too fast. <laughs> I was already, I'm already invested in these yeah, characters. Yeah, shit. That's, that's the intro. You peaked I mean, way this too is early. Episode one. I'm, <laughs> I'm subscribing to the series. Let's go. <laughs> Come on. Where do I find more? Give it. <laughs> All right. So now that that's backstory is out of the way, we can start off this story in earnest with the firstborn son of Geb and Nut, Osiris. That's the green-skinned bloke with the um. The bandages that I was telling you about. Osiris. Yes, fertility. So Ra was a bit pissed off at this because the proclamation or the the prophecy, some would say, uh, the dream he's had has kind of come true because Osiris rules over the two kingdoms of Egypt, of Upper and Lower Egypt, I should say. There was two kingdoms at that point, uh, with his sister wife, Isis. Isis. Don't worry, I'm the good one. And together, the two of them reigned over a golden age of peace and prosperity, and enjoyed uh, the claim, uh, enjoyed the, the basically being awesome, um, awesome by gods and men. The benefits that come with ruling. Exactly, they were like, "This is this is great." Can I just ask a question for the for the simpletons in the room? Yeah, yeah. On behalf of, um, like, as a sister wife, you you're just basically like companions, right? Yeah, like you're just ruling together as friends. No, 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 no. This is this was like uh, they were very like blue blood. They were like keep it in the family, guys. Like we're gonna make sure the blood's pure, right? And you okay. know, generations down the track, like people, like you have like people being born with like a third arm or like an eye on their back and shit because the gene pool wasn't spread out like it should be. Um, Here I am thinking Egyptian paintings are just creative. No, it's quite true to form. Got it. <laughs> it was a snapshot at, uh, at life. <laughs> it's like some right. kid got born with an, uh, you know, a crocodile head and everyone's like, yeah, that's just Joe. Don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> Come on, Terry. <laughs> Take that mask off. What mask? It's, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, we're fucked. <laughs> this, this is not good. 
Okay, thank you for answering that. Yeah, that's all good. Uh, so as and, uh, I said, all right, okay. Yeah. So as I said before about Osiris being, you know, associated with uh, fertility and, uh, and and you know agriculture, farming, and that, uh, he's pretty important to the people that are down there. So humans, because uh, he starts uh, he starts teaching mankind or humankind, as I should say, uh, how to work the land and be able to thrive. So everyone's like pretty chuffed with what's going on. Uh, with Osiris and Isis in the, in the top yeah. job. Yeah, everyone's pretty pretty happy with this. That is everyone except for Osiris's brother, Seth. Seth. That middle kid. Yeah, middle kid. Fucking just stay in your lane, buddy. Jesus. Is is uh, Unfortunately, Seth's pretty jealous uh, about how um, how loved Osiris is um, mm-hmm. by, by pretty much everyone because he's doing such a great job. And he begins to form a plan to kill Osiris and take the throne of Egypt, of, of Upper and Lower Egypt, for himself. And so late one night, Seth tiptoes into Osiris's bedroom where him and Isis are sleeping. He's careful not to wake them, though. And he whips out his measuring tape and he takes precise measurements of Osiris's body from top to bottom and side to side. Not weird at all. The next day... Nothing uh, about this story is. Uh. Yeah, the next day, Seth took the measurements to a carpenter uh, who made a beautiful wooden chest decorated with bright paint and sheets of gold, you know, semi-precious stones, stuff like that. The The box looks pretty pretty schmick, like legit. Doing it in style, yeah. Yep. Everyone's like, fuck, check out that box. Um, and Seth uh, then announces that he will throw a party, a massive party, uh, because why not, right? You know, life is good. Um, everyone's, yeah. got, everyone's got cause to celebrate. And Seth wants to get in on the action. And he's like, mate, uh, also, um, Osiris, the king of the gods um, and king of, king of upper and lower Egypt, uh, you know, he's going to be the guest of honor because, you know, he should be. Uh, and everyone's like, fuck yeah, Osiris at the party. Woo. I'll be there. Yeah. Now I'm coming. And it's, it's a great party because the whole night's spent with, you know, feasting, singing, dancing. Everyone's playing games. It's good times. Everyone's having a blast. You remember everybody before Corona. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And no one's distancing. There's like, you know, more than fucking 20 people at a household. It's great. It's great. 20. Look at you guys there. We're allowed one at the oh, moment. Oh, shit. It's going to be so weird when we, uh, when we all come back to semi-normal. Um, but anyway, so for the final game, uh, Seth brings out the wooden box, the one that he uh, got made by the carpenter, and he Ooh, announced that uh... the first person to uh, to fit perfectly within this chest would be allowed to keep it. So, like, pretty weird climax to a party. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> but you know, it's 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 fun. It's different. It yeah, is. Keeping... It is. Di- yeah, points for creativity there. Uh, yeah. Seth yeah. wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't getting preempted at this party. Like, oh, what are we gonna play Jenga again or something like that? You're like, nah, bitch. Yeah. You're gonna see him fucking fit in the box, all right? <laughs> Fuck, easy, Seth. Shit. Calm down, mate. You know what? That bu- those bubbles went straight to my head. I, I want. I want to try it. Let's go. Let's put me in the box. <laughs> I wonder who will fit. But you think? So, <laughs> you think how shit were the other games if this was the last game that they played? <laughs> Yeah. Like, or if it was like an afterthought, like, oh, these games aren't really, uh, they're not really connecting with people. All right, get the box. <laughs> get the box. Just imagine the next day, man, could you make that box game? Oh, that was awesome, right? Imagine oh. the person who didn't make it to the party. They're like, you guys fucking sat in a box at the end. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you played the box game without me? I'm glad I stayed home. <laughs> Everyone's like, you weren't, you didn't stay home, Ethan. You weren't invited. I'm like, oh. Yeah, no, don't worry. <laughs> okay. His big hurrah was a box. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, but back to the party, uh, every, uh, and one by one, 
uh, each of uh, each of the party guests and all that, they have their go at uh, climbing into the box and seeing who fits. But unsurprisingly, no one is able to fit into the chest uh, because it was made perfectly for Osiris's uh, body styles and and and, and shape and that. Because oh, was this like a shaped box, like shoulders and arms and waist and stuff? I'm just thinking like a rectangle box. No, I think it's like a tailored box. Right. Yeah. I would have described that a little bit better. But, you know, it's not my I, I thought to take exact measurements uh, was, you know, pretty um, uh, no, I don't know. forthcoming with information. Apparently not. I think that's one one for the comments there. I'll let that. Wow. I've got a comment for you right now, but that's all right. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, finally, Seth and his friends convince Osiris to, uh, to try his luck and go, hey, mate. Why go on, mate. Have a go. Get, get in, in the, the box. box. <laughs> get in the box, you prude. Come on. <laughs> And you know, Osiris is pretty. He's pretty licked up at this point. He's pretty happy. Uh, he goes, "Of course, mate. I love boxes. Uh, I'll have a crack yeah. for sure." And uh, Osiris steps into the chest and lays down. And w- what would he know? Like it fits him perfectly, <gasps> and just as Seth had planned. Uh, and Osiris is like, "Oh yeah, uh, it fits like a glove, baby. This box is mine. I win." And Seth like oh. you know, looms over him and he's like, "You betcha, Fletcher." This box is for you. And he slams the lid shut. And uh, he's got some cretin friends who are at the party and in on this plan. They, they, they rush forward and they grab nails and hammers and, um, and seal Osiris within the beautiful box. This is where the party kind of comes to an abrupt halt, I would assume. Yeah, this is or like... Is everyone just going along with it? This is like the Red Wedding from Game of Thrones. Where everyone's like, oh, what? It's, oh, oh, this is horrible. Shit. <laughs> Oh no! Okay. Oh, this is going a whole other direction. Oh. I thought I thought the box game was the lowest point. Oh, oh dear! Oh, we should have gotten that last Uber. Fuck! This is. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to clean up after this. I don't want this on my conscience. Well, actually, it's pronounced conscience. Anyway, thanks for having us and leave. Yeah. Um, so, with Osiris in the box, they then carry the box down to the Nile River and dump it into the flowing current. And they're all like, Osiris is well fucked. Uh, he's done for sure. And uh, sure enough, uh, you know, you get nailed into a box. You, God or no God, uh, you're dead. And Osiris, uh, he's dead. Uh, deceived by oh. his brother and murdered. That was a bit of a letdown. Oh. But, you know, Seth isn't really, uh, he's not a half measures kind of God guy. Uh, and he goes back to the Nile and he eventually locates the body of his, uh, of his brother his deceased brother and chops it up into into tiny bits and he's like have fun finding this uh whoever's going to try and locate bits of this shit uh, and he flung, flings bits of his body all over the world just to make sure that osiris is dead and nobody tries to find him right yes thorough yeah this is all kind of done in secret though at a party that a lot of people are at secret party so it's secret so with osiris dead uh seth assumes the role of uh, the ruler of the two kingdoms of, of Upper and Lower Egypt. And they kind of like bump Isis, uh, him and Nephthys, his sister wife. sister wife. Yeah, so the water wife comes up with him. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, 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 totally. Um, and at the same time that Seth begins his rule, uh, his sister Isis, as in the widowed Isis, understandably uh, is in deep mourning over her lost husband. Because at this point, they're not 100% sure if he's dead or not. He's just missing. And, and Seth's like, well, if he's not here, he can't rule. So I'm going to oh, rule so him she, instead. She wasn't at the party. She wasn't at the party. No. She's like, oh, I, I hate boxes. This is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you, you want me to go to a box, a box party? 
I'm like, you fuck yep. yourself, mate. This is my only night off. I'm staying at home. Sorry, yeah. My party is when you're not here. I need time to myself. <laughs> Netflix and chill yep. alone. Yeah, solo chill. Solo. Um, but, Happy you know, Christmas. yeah, at this point, uh, she's chilled enough and uh, she starts to weep day and night in uh, in her grief. And finally, uh, Nephthys, her sister, uh, shows up and, uh, you know, she shows a bit of ticker, a bit of heart. And uh, she agrees oh. to help Isis find uh, find find the brother-husband, Osiris. Now, does Nephthys, was Nephthys at the party? Or is this basically no? no. I, feel like, I feel like they were all hanging out at Seth's man cave or something like that. Like right. just like all the boys, um, okay, just okay, doing that. The boys that like boxes, cool. Yeah, box boys. Box boys. Mhm. Mm. It's a it's a niche group, but uh, there's enough of them, <laughs> enough of them around there. <laughs> Unique, yep. Yep. Carpenters Guild uh, sponsored it. Uh, it's it's it was good. <laughs> uh, now uh, that the sister goddesses have teamed up, they search all through the kingdoms of Upper and Lower Egypt, which what they mean is the world, uh, for pieces of Osiris's body. Like they see, like a chunk of it. Oh, that looks green and shit. Um, all right, put it. Put it. I know others. that arm anywhere. <laughs> yep. He's uh, always biting his fingernails. I know them fucking fingernails. Come here. <laughs> Come here, you. That femur. Wouldn't mistake it. Yep. So it turns out that Seth didn't really do an awesome job at getting rid of the pieces of his brother's body because uh, Isis and Nephthys managed to find all the pieces of Osiris's body and reassemble it. What a little scavenger hunt. I know. They did all right. And they uh, Fun. <clears throat> they assemble or reassemble the, the body of Osiris at a place called uh, Abydos, or Abydos uh, which is like a super spiritual place for the god, uh, for the worship of the god Osiris. So it's like his primary shrine. So like you're going you're gonna to mush bits of his flesh together. You rock hey. back to the top, yeah. the top place yeah. to do it. Um, now you're going to have to stick with me on the next part, Andrea. Because uh, when the body is 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 reassembled uh, and and accounts vary, Isis through uh, the magic of erotic love is able to revive Osiris's body to a point. So so put it all together and revive it to a point where she's able to conceive a son with him. Right. Yeah. Got it. So she gets a little bit of seed. Yep. Correct. And like, what's what's Nephthys doing this whole time? You've lost the plot, sis. What the fuck you doing? He's dead. <laughs> I know you loved him, but this is this is getting weird. I know rigor mortis, but shit. Uh, that's, that's... <laughs> oh. a- yeah, anyway. And she's like, hey, mate, he was green beforehand. This isn't bad. Don't worry about <laughs> it. I'm used to it. I thought for a long time uh, it was because like he was depicted as being green because he was dead because I didn't really do any research. Uh, this is like mm-hmm. years and years ago. I was like, oh, it's because he's like, you know, he's like the dead god. Uh, and like, no, no, it's fertility, mate. But like, it's all, it all, but in the end, it's kind of true as well because it all relates, you know, what di- what lives, dies, and then is uh, decomposes to live again in so- as something else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And apparently it's um, it's uh, Isis at the moment. Well, yes, correct. Because uh, she's yes. got the seed. Uh, and that's how, she, that's how she's able to conceive a son. Um Osiris, uh, the 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 now completely dead king, like he's he's got his last uh, last bit, last last bump, and uh, now he's gonna the last bit of life is squeezed out of him. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, he's leaving the earthly realm, and now he enters the underworld, where he immediately gets the top job of being king of the dead. <laughs> so yeah, we'll get to that later. So now Osiris is completely dead. All right. 
He's left the world of the living and now he's ruling over the dead. So, you know, maybe step down, maybe step up. Depends on what your what, what your horses for courses, really. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He might have he found a uh, you know, career change is the way to go for him. Might yeah. have been getting yeah. bored. A little bit less pressure, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, so with Osiris gone from the land of the living, who will stand up to try to right the wrongs which Seth has inflicted? The sun, the sun, the seed, the little seed that could. It's the seed. <laughs> People yelling at, the, at, their, at their phones and their computers. It's the seed. It's the sun. Fucking yeah, driving in their car to work. The seed, the seed. <laughs> Shit. Well, you know, you weren't wrong because it looks like that, uh, you know, that job's going to fall to the conceived son uh, by Isis and the zombie king Osiris. A little history, and then just on the back, just write the seed. <laughs> the seed. Um, yeah, and so his name is Horus. Horus. And he is destined to compete with Seth over who is the rightful ruler of the land of Egypt. Yes. And with that time, we're poised, we're prepped. So I think it's probably a good time to have a little outbreak. Let's do it before the seeds unleashes fury. Ads coming. <laughs> We're back. Hopefully, you bought whatever was uh, was there, or you just enjoyed the lovely, lovely music. Um, the ambience, yes, of course. Yes, yes. So to recap, uh, so the sky and the earth, uh, Nut and Geb, uh, have been cock blocked by their father or mother, uh, Shu, the god or goddess of the air. This won't get tiresome, uh, but uh, not before having kids. <laughs> Thanks to Konsu losing the whole lot of moonlight to the the god of wisdom, Thoth, in games of chance. Five more days. Yeah. Five more days. Gamblor had a great day that day. It was, uh, he, he got a lot out of that one. But anyway, uh, the children of Nut Geb uh, are Osiris, Isis, Seth, and Nephthys. Now, everyone's pretty chuffed with having Osiris as the ruler of Egypt alongside his sister wife Isis, uh, except for Seth, obviously, who tricks and kills Osiris with his mates uh, in a schmick-looking box um, and tosses him into the Nile River. And, and Seth later cuts comes, him up. Yeah, later comes back, cuts him up, gives him yeah. the old choppy chop, uh, tosses him all over the world. Uh, Isis, though, not too pleased at her missing husband because uh, Seth's a pretty sneaky dude and did all this under wraps, uh, or kept it all under wraps. And goes with her sister, Nephthys, and they find the body, put it back together. Isis uh, has a little hanky-panky with uh, not not quite dead uh, Osiris and uh, have uh, con- steals the seed uh, and conceives Horus. The seed! <laughs> conceives Horus, their son, the boy who is destined to challenge Seth for the right to rule over Egypt and hopefully get a little avenging done. So we're all yes. up to date. Oh, it's time for some avenging. Sweet. So uh, I wondered when the avenging was going to happen. I ever so did. <laughs> mama, mama. <laughs> uh, and so Horus is born, but he can't quite get on the avenging trail just yet. Because uh, he's, he's just a baby. Uh, babies can't really avenge oh. much, except your sleep. Goodness sakes. They're, uh, yep, they're pretty good at stealing sleep. Uh, that's about it. Uh, what? They steal more than that, mate. I'm yeah. coming from the mother's side here. Do that. Uh, and Seth, he's, he's holy moly. Yeah. 
So he's just a baby, uh, young Horus, uh, and Seth's a bit paranoid about keeping a lookout on who could uh, threaten his rule. So he's 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 they got to be a bit cautious at the moment. Yeah, he's um, a bit wary. You know, the that. son of the recently murdered king. He's gonna cause a bit of shit for Seth if he would. Uh, if if so, you know, if Seth finds this baby or a baby who's like, I'm the son of that dead god, uh, the dead king. You better believe that baby's not gonna be long for this world. I'm just thinking of the witch out of Willow. Give me that baby. <laughs> <I'm sad>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, she was. Yeah. Crazy. But, you know, lucky for Horus, uh, Isis isn't a terrible mother and uh, she hides and protects her son uh, from uh, her brother Seth. That's good. Uh, Little bandit, Isis. Yeah. And at one point, even hiding him among some reeds uh, in the papyrus marshes. Papyrus being a type of plant. Stop it. Yeah, sounds like well, baby Moses. Well, anything whoa, like whoa, that. Whoa, whoa, Yeah. Shit. If you say basket, I'm out of here. Crazy. What? <laughs> Um, yeah, so similarities there. Uh, you obviously, this one's a lot older, so stories beget stories. Yada. I'm just going to leave that there. Uh, but anyway, uh, mm-hmm. Seth doesn't find baby Horus, and baby Horus is able to grow up under the protection and guidance of his mother, Isis. So great job, <laughs> Mum. So you're going to say the reeds. <laughs> <laughs> Mama Reed and Papa Reed. Hey, guys, just let it go. Just let it flow. It's like a bad sitcom. <laughs> Horus yeah. and the reeds. I'll call it Among the Reeds. There you go. <laughs> Between two reeds. Oh, shit. Stop it. This is just right in itself. Right. Lord. So now that uh, Horus is all grown up, he wants to get avenging and sets out to confront his uncle Seth and depose the usurper of to the crown, which rightfully belongs to him. That is Horus, I should say. Of course, yes. I did skip over one one story of uh, of baby Horus. Uh, very typical uh, one where like Isis has like baby Horus and she's still trying to like hide from her brother Seth, and uh, she disguises herself as an old woman, and is like, "Oh, I've got to hide out with some poor people for a little bit," and uh, you know the poor people uh, don't recognize her as being you know the 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 queen of like queen of the deceased king uh, of the gods. Uh, and they sort of treat her. Some of them treat her well, others treat her harshly, be like, you're just an old bitch, uh, whatever. Uh, and then she, you know, reveals herself as being, I am Isis, you guys were <sighs> shit. And you guys were good, so you guys get good stuff, I get bad stuff. Or you guys get bad stuff. It's kind of like, you know, uh, the old woman out of the beginning of Beauty and the Beast and, like, every other tale being like, oh, you shouldn't judge a book by its cover. Now you're fucked. Of course. Like, it's, yeah. yeah. Just wanted to pop that in there for you. Just teaching morals along the way. Exactly, exactly. This is kind of what this is yes. all about, this story. Um, and so at this point, I've got to give a massive, massive shout out to uh, the History of Egypt podcast hosted by Dominic Perry. He, he dropped this like in the early 2000s. Links, uh, the links will be in the description as well, guys, uh, because it was from listening to the episode, uh, episode three like years ago that I actually heard much of this story for the first time. And I can't recommend this uh, his show highly enough. For anyone who's interested in Egyptian history, he does he's very thorough and he, he does a really good job at um at explaining the narrative to 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 you know anyone who who's interested in in Egyptian history but doesn't necessarily know a lot about it. So anyway, enough of that. Uh, we've got to get some avenging to do. We got that. Horus is ready. Coming up, avenging. And and so what's what's the better the best way to get your revenge is you go before the assembly of the gods. 
and you, you win. Oh, I thought we were going to play the box game. <laughs> I got a box for you, Uncle. Um, he's um. Oh, I know this game. Yeah, he rocks up to the assembly of the gods, uh, which the sun god Ra, Ra, Horus's grandfather in this story, is the head of. So. You know, maybe like because like and and Horus he pretty much calls out Seth for usurping the throne uh, of Osiris, uh, which now belongs or should belong to to Horus, uh, and that Seth uh, should not rule over the land of Egypt. He's pretty much proclaiming all that shit. Does Ra know who Horus is? Oh yeah, yeah. Are they connected those dots? Yeah, yeah. They right. know. They because he's he's because he's sat he's rocked up and been like, I am Horus, the son of Isis oh, okay. and the the zombie boner of Osiris. Yeah, he's. He's out of himself. Yeah, I'm yeah. a walking zombie burner. Yeah. He's at his cotillion. Oh. He's ready to go. The seed. And so most of the council, like Horus, you know, being the son of the previous king, um, yes, that generally course. goes down well. They're like, oh, yes, we can breeding. Conti- continuity. Yes, we're like that. Let's just continue this. Uh, that'll be sweet. But Ra, he's not so much in Horus's corner. Not. It doesn't seem, in some stories, it's, you know, because, you know, he's the... You know, the, the offspring of the guy who overthrew him and, and, and became the ruler of Egypt. Mm-hmm. Logical. But he ba- he basically says that he's, uh, you know, believes that Horus is too young to rule. So he's like too inexperienced to take the throne. And uh, Seth uh, puts forward his argument that, uh, you know, he's stronger, as in Seth is stronger, he's more powerful, he's older. Uh, and the, being the brother of the deceased king, he argues this case that he should rule or continue to rule over Egypt. And so the council's like, oh, we don't know. Um, and so Horus and Seth decide to undergo a series of trials in order to decide once and for all who has the right to claim the top job on earth. More games. Let's play. And hence we get into the title, the contest between Horus and Seth. Uh, it takes place in uh, you know different various forms, um, and uh, they appear in different sources, as I said to us. Uh, as the stories evolve and develop over time, stuff changes and and, and all that jazz. Uh, but basically, it's Horus and Seth going up against each other in a series of challenges to see who's got the job. Firstly, one of these challenges being a test of like endurance when um. And they go down to the uh, the shores of the Nile River, you know, that thing that allows life to flourish in Egypt, super important to the Egyptians. And so the gods, uh, uh, Horus and Seth, they go down there and they decide to turn themselves into uh, hippos, like hippopotami, because they can do that. That works, yes. Shapeshift, yep. Yeah. And so the challenge is to see uh, who can hold their breath long enough underwater. As a hippopotamus. That's, that's God gives you the right to rule. I've got better lungs. Then we go. Um, yeah, there you go. Excuse me, sire. I'd I'd like to ask a question. Hold on a minute. Oh, here he goes. He's doing his magic. Gee, don't just stand. Glad we chose him. What a good ruler. He's so good. He's going blue. Oh, that's, he's just warming up, love. Don't worry. The fireworks are about to happen. <laughs> Okay, so we've got the two hippos in the Nile. Yep, two gold hippos in the Nile, under the water, and the timer starts. In denial. In denial. Oh, God. <laughs> there it is. Uh, I couldn't help it. Yeah. I think I need something in this coffee just to uh, It's the stairs with a taken. <laughs> uh, so, uh, not known to the two hippo challengers, uh, Horace's mother is hidden nearby. 
because uh, she's still a bit shirty about, uh, you know, with Seth about being pretty much just like a dick. Uh, in general, I think she's kind of pieced it together that he's uh, he's got something to play in Osiris's he's death. He's no good. But also, yeah, also because she's being protective of her son, uh, she whips out a little harpoon or a javelin and uh, and throws it at Seth, hoping to 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 hit him so he can't um, stay underwater. But you know, don't tell me she gets Horus. Give Horus a leg up. Well, unfortunately, the javelin misses her brother and hits her son instead. No, uh, wounding him only slightly, but forcing Horus to the surface. And uh, yeah, <sighs> Isis is not too happy. About, not too happy. Like smooth move there, Isis. Uh, sweet. Uh, Horus he kicks up a bit of a stink and he storms off. Mom, yep. <laughs> God damn it. So I was playing with my friends. I just wanted to help you out there, love. Oh, I didn't realize. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You ruined it. You ruined it, man. <laughs> Everyone was watching. <laughs> you embarrassed me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, you're the embarrassment with this tantrum, you little shit. <laughs> <laughs> you're only embarrassing yourself. You're the one screaming. No, you're the one screaming. <laughs> you talk to your mother like that. Oh, you I we raised you better, me and your dead dad, <laughs> your dead zombie dick dad. So uh, this challenge, it looks like uh, it looks like Seth has gotten the one up in this challenge. Oh come on, Horace, you can get it back, mate. I know, I know. And there's another side story uh, where uh, a very important one, but I'll, I would save that for another podcast, I reckon. But it's like another little side challenge about visuals and, and imagery and all that jazz. But uh, we'll go. The next challenge, which I'll mention, uh, happens in the bedchamber. Oh, this is going to be awkward, isn't it? It's going to be a little bit awkward, but... Uh, Let's it, go back to hippos. No. <laughs> yeah, you'll wish we were in state of hippos, to be, to be honest. Um, <laughs> that was but, the nice part. Yeah, yeah. but well, the, way we, the way we've got to... We, the way we and the listeners need to digest this is that, you know, we're talking about ancient societies. Everything was very, uh, very sexualized. They were very, uh, you know, comfortable with it. It was a, it was a much more a part of daily life. I think we're all in Eden, like the garden of Eden before, uh, Eve, like, you know, grabs the apple off that treacherous snake. Like everyone's happy. Um, like not everyone's not a massive Chill. orgy, yeah. not, a very, not a massive a orgy. utopia, but everyone's Just like, relax. yeah, you know, we feel pretty good about this. Like it's fine. Yeah, go with the flow. Yeah, and so uh, in the bedchamber, the older and more powerful Seth overpowers the younger Horus and gives him one between the posts. If uh, you know what I mean. Um, it's a nice and, football reference there. Yeah, Australian rules football. Yeah, he inserts himself into Horus, spilling his seed inside. The son of Osiris. Now, yeah. So it's a bit. It... Sorry. <laughs> Just with each word that came out of your mouth, and I was like, careful, careful. Sp- spilling his seed within the seed. <laughs> you it's did a it seed very within gently. A seed. Well done. Yeah. Well done. So, okay. Let me get this straight. So Horus is just harpooned in the river by his mum, and now he's harpooned in the bedchamber hey, from his. He's uh, getting skewered on all fronts, uncle? this kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. He's... Man, poor uh, Horus. But yeah, you know, it's as I said, it sounds like this. Uh, you know, it sounds like this story has taken a weird left turn, uh, and it's turned Just into slightly? like yeah. I like how you didn't tell us the other challenge. This well, was a yeah. better challenge, or <laughs> this one you wanted to talk about. I know it's, it looks like it's it might have turned into like a summer rom com or something like that. Uh, but hear me out. 
hear me out. Uh, because as I said about the the societies, they 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 view sexuality and and sexual intercourse a little bit more openly than say we do now or differently. But um, okay, that being said, was Horace, you know, was he uh, compliant with this? He was there. Okay, that's not going to hold up in court. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but was he happy? Was he open and free? Was it like, oh, you, you beat me? You? It wasn't. It wasn't consensual. Right. That's, I'll leave so, that there. Yeah, it was. It, they were dominating to see who fully. would be the the dominant member of this. Like the way right. uh, many Who'd societies be dominant with their member. Yeah, you'd have a, you'd have a dominant and a submissive. So. In this right. role, the way that the Egyptians and many ancient societies, um, you know, rule uh, were structured was in a very patriarchal society, which you know, you know, meaning mainly governed uh, prim- or primarily by men. Uh, now, for the Egyptians, there's evidence uh, of many women being able to hold and wield the highest levels of power. Uh, famous example would be like Queen Cleopatra, from you think like the Roman mm-hmm. era, uh, all that. So. This is due in part to not only their their personal power and all that, but their ability to f- to fulfill the roles of a specific position. So the way that a lot of these uh, these these societies um, structured themselves on was, that especially the Egyptians, they weren't necessarily too worried about gender. It was more about the person's ability to fulfill the role, and and the, the okay and, yeah so. Uh, in this case, just to kind of uh, clarify, with Seth being the dominant and impregnating um, uh, Horus with his seed, that uh, views him as being the more dominant member of that quote-unquote partnership. Like, him being the dominant one fulfills the role of being the ruler, the guy who, or the guy or girl, who has the top job. Right. Yeah, it's, it's less about the sexual and more about the ability of whoever is in power or striving for the power, their ability to fulfill the role of office. Got it. So Seth's now two for two. Well, he pronounces that he has dominated Horus in the bedchamber as well as holding his breath underwater. Uh, two massive things to be able to rule a kingdom. Uh, but he claims that he is qualified now to rule. Uh, but... This isn't over quite yet, uh, because you see that Horus, he's a clever guy. I'm very smart. And he merely pushes his cheeks together, his little thighs together, or something like that, and he makes Seth believe that he's entered him and, uh, and, and you know, released his seed inside Horus. But it's not so much the case. It's like, you know, you know he's, he's po- popped a bit of <laughs> He's vaso. a little bit cheeky. Yeah, he's a little bit cheeky. Uh, he's popped a bit of vaso <laughs> down there or something like that. He's he's given he's given uh, Seth the old hoodwink, and he thinks, "Oh, yeah, I'm in here." Uh, not quite so. And uh, <laughs> Seth's uh, blown his load uh, outside of the young prince. Oh, what's gonna happen? So Seth's gone off, going like you clean yourself off or whatever. He's gone off to proclaim that he's uh he's he's gone off to prepare, I should say. To uh to proclaim himself as being the victor of this challenge, but Horus he's uh he's not to be undone or not to be outdone. He gathers up the jizz and tosses it away into the marshes. He's like fucking Seth jizz. There you go, mate. Um, and then he jerks out his own yogurt. Horus having a wank. Um, and stay with me here. With the help of his mother Osiris, she doesn't help him with the jerking. She just helps him later on. Right? Yeah. Just yeah. Succeeds in hiding the Horus jizz 
in some of Seth's lettuce leaves. Say what you say one thing for Seth. He loves lettuce. Right. So he's got like his salad laid out, like his lunch is ready to go. And he's got, oh, or does he collect lettuce leaves? They're like, he loves lettuce. And so, like, he's got a little, like, right. garden area thing. Aha, uh-huh, of course. That makes more sense. Yeah. And so, so they go and deposit uh, the Horus, Horus goop uh, right. in Just there. A little sprinkle of, yep. Yeah. And so, unaware of the extra, the extra dressing that this lettuce has, uh, Seth gobbles it up. Special sauce. Yeah, he enjoys every oh, bite. doesn't he? Yes, he's like, man, I love lettuce. It's just so Crispy. good. Crispy. And so Salty. then, yep. Ugh. And, <laughs> and so he and Horus uh, now go and head to the council where Seth intends to proclaim himself as the victor due to his sexy time with Horus last night. And the council's like, all right, let's get down to it. Let's let's figure out who's going to rule this, rule this bitch. Uh, and Horus is like, mate, you didn't do shit. Uh, if you did as you claimed you did, then call out to your semen and ver- so we can verify because that's a thing. Like, we're here, my lord. I talked. I talk to my <laughs> ones all the time. Like, <laughs> shit. Uh, but anyway, come on, guys. Uh, yeah, Seth is like, <laughs> of course. Uh, oi, oi, jizz. Make yourself known to me. And uh, but yeah, you know, unfortunately, Seth's jizz uh, being far away in the marches is only like barely, barely heard in the distance. We can hear you, but we're very far away. They don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Horus is like, "Mate, that's a pretty shit way to uh, call to your semen." Uh, watch this. And so he calls out to his semen, uh, and inside Seth's tummy, the semen answers. You rang, my lord. Horus G. Oh. And so this shows that Horus. Please, can you just, can you just, the semen answers, please put on a cool sound effect there. Oh, it's already, <laughs> the wheel's already turning. Thank the, you. The wheel's already turning. And so Seth's, uh, sorry, Horus's semen inside Seth's tummy uh, proclaims that it was Horus who dominated Seth in the bedroom, not the other way around. Ah. <sighs> But oh Seth did goodness. knock up those reeds in the marshes, so he's now an yeah, he's unwilling father. No, he's not. <laughs> Fine. This gets gobbled up by a fish or whatever. Um, but oh. the council, yeah, they, they all burst out laughing, by the way, at uh, Horus having dominated uh, Seth and sort of uh, how the, that, that, the way that thing sort of played out. And they, uh, the, they proclaim Horus as being the winner. I mean, they've got parties with boxes, people eating semen. This is just a riot. I don't know how they're not laughing 100% of the time. Yeah, yeah. Nervous laughter, I'd say. They're having a great time down there. Uh, But the council is still undecided on the overall matter on who should rule. And uh, they opt opt to ask the dead king, Osiris, (laughs) who now rules as king of the dead in the underworld, what he reckons on the matter. Bone a friend. Phone a friend. Yep. Phone a friend who is the father of one of the competitors. You're like, Seth would be like, what the fuck? <laughs> and who may be a little bit dirty at the other guy because yeah, he killed yeah. you. Cool. <laughs> a bit biased. But yeah, Seth's like, what the fuck? That's Shit. fine. And of course, it turns out the way you think, Osiris is like, you idiots, give the throne to my kid. Like, fucking Horus, obviously. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. You can't really... uh you can't really speak down. And he may be dead and king of the underworld, but he was still king. He's still Osiris. So, all right, we'll do what he says. And you're just like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> <and> Seth is, <laughs> Horus is like, what? I need to pretend to be boned. 
You could have just asked my dad. Why don't we do that first? <laughs> like, I didn't think this one through. Uh, uh, next time. Next time. It's a learning curve. I know. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's still a young man, so yeah, you've got to get wisdom. And uh, yep, yeah, it's all good. And now Horus is officially proclaimed the ruler of Egypt as being the, uh, the, the biological legitimate son of the previous ruler, uh, Osiris, who now rules as the uh, the king of the underworld. <laughs> so linking the the living king with the deceased king, who is they're both divine, is a pretty uh, pretty important thing in this story. But Seth isn't forgotten though. Uh, he gets the gig of being like a little consolation prize or whatever. It's being Lord of Storms, like thunder and shit. And uh, he hangs out with his father, Ra, Ra. on a boat that uh, which travels through the sky by day for 12 hours. It's the sun, by the way. Uh, and then uh, for 12 levels <laughs> through the underworld by night. All the while, Seth protects Ra and the boat, which is the sun, uh, most notably against a massive serpent named Apophis, who constantly tries to gobble them up. Uh, so they basically right. fight for the survival of the sun so it can rise the next day. And this happens every single day. So cop that, Seth. So he really, because here I am thinking he got away with it easy, but he hasn't. He's got work to do. You reap what you sow. He's got himself different roles. Yeah. Like instead of... Daily like, struggles. Yeah, What's worse, being king of the underworld or fighting a serpent every single night with your dad on a boat? Well, uh, I think public humiliation, eating that lettuce was pretty pretty bad. <sighs> yeah, but how about, well, it's, you tried to rape your nephew, so, you know. Fair suck of the sauce what? bottle there. Like, <laughs> think, fair, think, think you're going to get a bit of splashback on that one, mate. A little bit. Yep. But then again, just to like imagine being stuck on a boat with your dad all the time. You can't imagine. <laughs> All the time. Oh. Love you, Dad. Now, if our father's listening, I wasn't laughing at that. That was Patrick. No, but like, imagine all like, stuck on a boat with anyone all all the time. God. Now you know what I Sorry. know, Pato. Like, oh, the same story, Dad. Yeah. Just, me and him would just tell the same stories to each other. <laughs> That's how bad we're getting. And we're both so we've both got terrible memories, so none of us realise that we're telling the same stories. Make sure it's as enjoyable as you know. This story from the hippo to the last part. Goodness me. That took that took a very, very strong turn. Here I am at the beginning saying, it's love, it's the moon, it's the sun. I mean, it's the moon, it's the earth. Yep. And now we're talking about hippos and then some more things. Well, they don't mess around. That's... They don't mess around. No. Hey, it's history. It's history. And we should all be open. We should learn something about this. It's, oh, What's yeah. the lesson here? Wash your lettuce yeah. thoroughly. <laughs> always, wash your, <laughs> always wash your greens, guys. And that's a little history podcast recommendation. Seriously, give him a good rinse. Yeah. And so we leave the story here. Uh, Horus is the rightful king of Egypt and he succeeds his deceased father, Osiris, which is the way it should be uh, and the way that uh, the Egyptians explained why the ruler of any particular period is in power. Explanation of the world. So for all that, uh, you know, that's it for the episode. But I have to. I realise that I have skimmed a bit on much of the story uh, in order to make it you know, fit <laughs> and all that. But I thought I it would be nice. The keyboard's going. Yeah, I know. I know. It's blowing up. Luxembourg's like, we trusted you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now you're back down to number seven. Yeah, you're like getting a visa, mate. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> I want to go to Luxembourg. Yeah. Uh, but I just wanted to uh, have the story as, as a way to kind of ease people into it because it's pretty it can be pretty graphic and confronting. Uh, but that's the way that these no. societies, yeah, no. it's the way that these societies approached and, and viewed viewed such things sometimes. But once again, a massive shout out to Dominic Perry. I can't rate or approve uh, the way he approaches. Um, uh, the Egyptian narrative, like any higher, like it's, if anyone's interested in learning about Egypt, I, I thoroughly recommend it. Links below. Uh, I'm not even getting paid for Check this. Check out the uh, Dom. Not even getting paid for this plug, but holy shit. Like he does a really, really good job. And uh, there's a lot less language. <laughs> he's, he's very nice. Oh, right. Go he's Dominic. A clean, is he? Yeah. Go History of Egypt Cleaner. podcast. You guys rock. And that's a little history podcast recommendation. But that's it. That's enough of that. Uh, and uh, and that's it for the for the show. Woo! I think we learned a lot. <laughs> it's an important story on the way that uh, Egyptians or the Egyptian society viewed their leadership and how and the roles that were required to fill. Uh, and it's 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 a quite a colourful way of doing it. Like if we look back on any of the 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 older Greek stories, any any pretty much any story I've told so far. A lot of the lessons are really graphic and uh, so often horrific. I mean, you've got a son killing his, uh, sorry, a father killing his son to serve to the gods and a stew to see if he can trick them. And uh, you're just like, yeah, what the yeah. fuck? So, like, it's, they're not really pretty. They're, yeah, they're quite extreme. Yeah, this is just like extreme in a sea of extreme, or an extreme stream, because it's a river. Oh yeah, hey. got it, got it. <laughs> But anyway, yep, that's all good. We'll wrap that up for today. But Andrea, please, uh, would you like to plug any of your uh, your your pluggables? Uh, it's not really history related, but you may found find it sort of comical. <laughs> uh, I just just plug the old TikTok at the moment, peeps. That's what's that's what's going off at the moment. Doing a little bit more dancing, a little bit more fun in the snow. So that's among other things on TikTok. Go check it out. Links in the description. And if you're not guys. on TikTok. Just go up there and have a little bit of fun anyway. It's a fun app. Doesn't matter how old you are. I'm testament to that. <laughs> it's uh, it's good times. Good Excellent. Times. Good fun. Excellent. Good All fun. right, go check it out, guys. And uh, thanks again, Andrew, for uh, staying up late uh, tonight. No problem. Thank you for having me and telling me that story that's take me a while to get to sleep now yeah sleep well <laughs> uh beautiful beautiful excellent all right wonderful well we'll leave it there like rate review uh do whatever you got to do let me know what i have messed up what i've what i've what i've what i've done really well just let us know what you reckon more lettuce stories yep tell me all about the salads there's, there's your secret <laughs> sauces tell me all about it i'm interested but yeah keep an eye on the uh keep an eye on the on the insta but otherwise, uh, yep, you guys have a great, great time. And yeah, we'll catch you next time on A Little History. That's where you say goodbye. Oh, sorry. I didn't <laughs> want to interrupt you. No, that's the sign off. Okay, bye, everyone. I'll feed us in. I'll feed us in. Uh, ciao, ciao. Thanks for listening to A Little History. Uh, we're an independent podcast, so it would truly be wonderful if you could uh, like or follow us wherever you're hearing A Little History today. Uh, and feel free to leave a comment below as well. Now, if you want to get in touch, uh, have any suggestions for future episodes, or you just want to send in your love, send it to a little history podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter under a little history podcast. All right, we'll see you next time.